You're listening to Soul School with Laura Coe and Kevin Kaiser. On this show, we dive into life's biggest questions. Who are we? What are we here to do? And how can we fearlessly live as our truest, deepest selves? Soul School is the spiritual education you never received. So if you're ready, join us as we explore together. Soul School is in session. Welcome to this week's episode. I'm Kevin Kaiser, and I'm here with my friend, co-host, partner in crime, Laura Co. Today, <laughs> we yes. are, we're diving even deeper into uh, this conversation around the soul. Last episode, we, we talked about what is a soul, and today, we're going to unpack the mystery box a little bit around, okay, well, if we're a soul, what's all this talk about a soul plan? Like, do we actually have a soul plan? Is there something that we've come here to do? And if so, what is it? And how do we find out what that is? So how do you think about soul plan? First of all, do we have a soul plan? <laughs> what say you, Laura Co? Wise thoughts today. Um, you know, like this is my my topic, right? Because I mean, I I started studying authenticity, like for a reason. I did not feel my life was particularly authentic while it was extremely successful. I was like, hmm, something's missing, right? And it's it's a weird experience because sometimes it's can feel terrible, but for some people, it's like myself, my life objectively looked pretty damn good. I like had a lot of great boxes checked, right? And so there's this feeling of lack of gratitude, perhaps, you know, like what's wrong with me that I think something's missing, <laughs> right? Yeah, when objectively right. got the kid and the relationship, and in my case, the chocolate lab, and I had sold a company, right? Whatever your list is, and everybody's list is different. It doesn't have to be materialistic either. I mean, I was a yoga teacher and I, I had friends. I, I felt good in my life, except something. <laughs> something elusive was happening. Um, and so I think, um, well, today I have a very strong belief because I'm interested in these Akashic records and I'll speak to that in a second. But before I even talk about the Akashic realm, I think the idea of a soul plan, this idea that like I've come here this lifetime, I'm in my lifetime, I, I have a purpose. I have an intention. I have something that is more than maybe this um, collective idea of what a good life looks like. I have something particular to me and I can't freaking figure it out, right? It drives people insane. What am I doing here? Why am I here? Something's not quite it, but what the fuck is it, right? And it, it yeah. it's just in the most, if you want to see high functioning people on their knees, like <laughs> in a ball, like ready to cry, it's like, just ask them, what do you really want? if I take away the question of money or success or outcomes, right? It's like, what right. actually makes you feel alive? And it's like, whew, that's that's a nightmare question. So so a soul plan to, to just tee it up with that idea is like, the, well, the Akashic realm would suggest that before we incarnate in each lifetime, we sit with our guides, our loved ones, masters, and we say like, what is it that my soul needs to learn in this lifetime to evolve forward, to learn, grow, experience whatever it is 
for why we came to this earth plane. And whether or not you believe in the Akashic realm per se, I mean, that's very specific to that experience. Um, this idea that I've, I've on a energetic level, want to learn something in this life or do something specific, perhaps karma, perhaps learn something like forgiveness or compassion. Perhaps it is a three-dimensional thing, like a career, but it has an outcome, right? But you have this plan, you work it out with your, your loved ones, you incarnate. And then when we get into the dense body, we don't know. We just have a, a sense. We have this frustrating mm -hmm. GPS that's a little like <laughs> crotchety or uh, like, it's like, right. It's just, it doesn't work that well, particularly because we spend our lives in our mind, right? We go up right. here searching for answers and, and we're not very good at working with the GPS, but even when you get great at it, like I worked a long time to connect it's still so elusive. It doesn't have great language. It's just kind of a go this way, go that way, hinting. Yes, I want to get married to you. No, I don't. Yes, I want a third kid. No, I don't want kids, right? Like it's just this sort of felt deep experience. And that's you recognizing what you wanted on a soul level in this lifetime or don't want. Um, and, and, you know, that's where I fall in love with the Akashic realm because it puts a megaphone to. Mm to that. But before we jump into that, that's, that's my understanding of a soul plan. Um, it's here. It's what, here's the bitch of it. It's what you wanted to do, meaning the essential self, you, the soul self, you through the incarnation of this individual called Laura. <laughs> so mm -hmm. while Laura may be like, no, I just want to go skiing all day or whatever. I don't ski, but right. There's a calling deep within us that keeps pulling us back to something. And we know that that's the only path to really finding that freedom, that, that experience of like, I, I'm where I need to be. I'm on my path. I feel um, uh, grounded and, and aligned with myself, that, that kind of languaging flow state. Yeah. 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 So a couple things come up. Like these were the, here's some of the questions that I wrestled with for a long time that I'm sure people listening to this are like, well, wait a minute, but what about this? Sure. And the first of this is, okay, so if I'm a soul, if my essential nature is infinite, eternal, whatever word you want to call it, like how does an eternal being have anything to learn? Like mm. why, why incarnate at all? Like why have a plan at all? Like, is there really something to learn? Yeah. I got stuck there too. I was like, that makes zero sense to me. My understanding is that um, while there is the infinite oneness of collective consciousness, again, I'm going to just say this so many times in this podcast, this is the best we have with the language and understanding we have. It's right. like this, right? But my understanding from spiritual texts, from the Akashic realm, from my own felt experience there's this oneness, right? The collective conscious, the, the, right. The infinite. And that is not in the learning per se, right? Like, so the, the ocean collective consciousness, the droplet being me, right. And so I am an expression of that and infinite, but this imprint is in an evolution. And as it goes through its 
cycles of learning, it returns back to the ocean, the collective consciousness, the oneness in its totality. And it's kind of like, to me, like filtered water or something, (laughs) just kind of like goes through. And so in a way there's, there's no separate self because like the snow is to a snowflake, right? It's all one, but that unique imprint goes through these lifetimes, incarnations, returns to source. Why? I I don't think we know. I don't, I've never, I've never heard an answer exactly as to to why this whole ecosystem exists. I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah I, I don't think there's an, this is my perspective, is that there isn't an answer other than this is just the nature of an infinite creativity, infinite creative being. It's just to experience itself, to keep creating and creating and creating, um, but not like in a nihilistic sense, right? Because Because I went down that rabbit hole too of, well, gosh, if this is just God knowing itself, then like, does anything matter? Is it really a me? Right. But I mean, it really does seem like it's both. Like you said, it's a paradox. It's both. It's, it's, um, a, a unity, an, an infinite unity. It's just one, but somehow knowing itself and it's made room for diversity, like an infinity of diversity. And uh, that's that's the beauty of it. So, yeah. yeah. So, is there one thing really that we come to do? Um, not necessarily. I, I think ultimately, my understanding again is that all of us, all roads lead to one outcome, which is to mm-hmm. know that we are the oneness, the divine love expression. Right, the totality yeah. of the universe is expressing through us. But each life incarnation is not that. <laughs> um, each life is a is a it's a unique path. It's a unique soul plan. Um, I do these akashic record readings, right? This energetic space that holds our soul's history, and I speak to so many people, and I have never seen two um, readings be identical. Even when we're talking about the same topic, like two people have come here to heal a trauma or to 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 learn a particular lesson. Uh, their learn learnings are different. Their soul histories are different, right? And so, yeah. no, I, I don't think so. Um, not that I've ever seen. I, I and it makes sense, right? If if you've had if you've had um, lots of incarnations, and every thought, action, and feeling is being stored in the akashic realm, and there's so many of those. <laughs> like imagine every single thing that you think and feel even in a day, imagine all of your lifetimes and then say, okay, well then what Laura needs on the lesson of forgiveness is the same as Kevin in this moment in time with our diverse experience in how our souls arrived here. I would think that would be an impossible probability that that would be true ever. So it, yeah. it makes sense to me. Yeah. I had this image one time of, uh, this was in, in a meditative practice. And I just asked this question, well, how does this soul thing actually work? And I saw this image in my mind of these Russian nesting dolls. And they, I mean, it started, started really, really, really small. Right. And then, and then that was in another one. And then that was in another one. And then boom, 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 like an infinite number and it got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And then I saw that these dolls, it's not really one inside the other. 
they actually permeate each other, right? Mm-hmm. It's like they're malleable. Yeah. And I saw them as like, oh, well, Kevin is part of a greater self, which is part of a greater self, which is part of a greater self. And then there's only actually one self, one true self that it's knowing it's living lots of like all of the lives, doing all of the things and learning all it, all of the things. And um, that's how it feels like to me, that feels true, how you can have both, both, you know, oneness and all of this diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and notice too, your languaging, right? It's like nesting dolls, it's right? Like this. Yeah. yeah. It's such a, um, it's such a hard topic, but, but yeah, it, that's right. It, and I've seen it sort of like other things, but the, the variation kind of lends itself back to the same general mm-hmm. idea. Right. And so yeah. these soul plans are designed for that leveling up that you're sort of talking about. Right. But I think it's so important to, to then go back to um, our egos and remind ourselves that there's no getting better. That's what I loved. I asked about multiple incarnations and they showed it to me like um, in the Akashic realm, they showed it to me like um, trains that are attached. And so you just move from uh, one train to the next down the line. Right. Um, But you're still on the same plane. It doesn't go, it's not going up. It's not hierarchical, right? And it's very similar to how we might think about our school system. A PhD student, PhD student doesn't feel better about themselves than a three-year-old. It's age appropriate, right? right. You can't put a three-year-old in a quantum physics PhD program, right? At Yale. Like that's just, that's just madness. There's nothing better or worse though. And, and I, I love that perspective um, because I sort of have a, a disdain for spiritual elitism, right? Like people feel like as they learn spiritual lessons that there's some way in which they might be um, wiser or better or like some something, right? And 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 I don't think that's true at all. I think these soul plans are here for our our growth, but not growth in a hierarchical going up kind of way, right? Just right. in a endless down the down the train, <laughs> down the path. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. But okay, so let's get to the like the the million dollar question, really, which is okay, I'm a soul. I have a soul plan. How do I find out what it is? Mm. How do I begin to do that? Like, yeah. How do you begin to do that? I mean, I know there are many different, there are many different opinions and ideas on this, but yeah. Let's talk about our opinions and ideas. Yeah, right. Um, I mean, in, in my experience, it can come in the form of, of of just these knowings, right? So my whole life, I've had these little tiny whispers throughout my life, you know? Um, I read Plato for the first time at 16. I was like, whew, that feels about right. And so you yeah. can just listen. You can just listen to those little moments. Um without getting in your head and telling yourself that you shouldn't, or it's the wrong thing or other people aren't. Um, if you just trust fully, I think there's a lot of guidance in life. Um, micro macro level, right? Just even to, to, to on, on the small level, but it, I used to get these very strong knowings it, go to philosophy graduate school. just, yep. You know, um, I came home and, and I started doing entrepreneurship and I was like, yep, this is the right thing for now. Right. 
um, left and I was like, authenticity. And then I did the authenticity thing. And I was like, I just know I have to study self-love and love. I don't know what that means. I don't know why. Right. So you can follow the breadcrumbs, so to speak, that are your, like, there's things you're connecting to all day in life. Right. We know it like, I don't know, some people like strawberry ice cream and some people like chocolate, like why? Right. But it's like, whatever, you know, I just do. Um, if we could just trust that the things that happen in a day are leading us down our path, if we're willing to listen, that's your soul talking to you, like you're on the right path. If, um, if that's not available to you or, you know, you struggle to get out of right and wrong thinking or people pleasing or whatever it is that the mind does to, I literally think obliterate, like eradicate our ability to connect. Um, Akashic record readings are in my opinion, they have changed my life because it's just an hour of explanation. Um, you can do past life regressions where you could go between lives and check out what you you were doing. You can talk to your guides that way. Psychedelics, um, I'll let you speak to that, right? Like people um, have these really beautiful experiences. And then it becomes, what are you doing with it, right? Because mm-hmm. it's a party trick if you just take it in and don't actually take action. So yeah. uh, however you get there, I think there's lots of ways. I think it's um, whether you're willing to trust and listen. And if you can't like, then just some straight up therapy, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Like that work out too. what's going on. That's in the way of your, your guidance coming through. Like, mm-hmm. I do think just the psychology of being a human, you know, it, gets in the way of it in a big, in a, in a, in a really profound sense. I believe that. Yeah. Well, and the way we're brought up to the way we're brought up to think about purpose and meaning in life, you know, I mean, and this starts really, really young too around, well, okay. A meaningful life means, um, you know, married 2.3 kids, house in the suburbs, a million dollars in the bank, all these kinds of things. So it's this algorithm like our mind starts running this algorithm. When I, then I, when I have this, then I'll be happy. When I have this, then I'll be happy. Um, but then, it, but then it never works. But what it does in the process is it teaches us not to trust ourselves, which is, right. I mean, a really good point that you brought up so much of this and so many of the spiritual paths are about remembrance. It's remembering who you are. It's remembering that even if you're looking to others to tell you what's important, what's meaningful, what a good life is, you're still trusting yourself to trust their authority. Ultimately, you're, yeah. ultimately you're it. But that, that's it, right? Like, sorry to cut you off, but it's like, I get so excited. It, trusting myself. I thought for a long time I was because like, okay, so I, yeah. I did have these like drops of knowings and I have at least had that always. And it's really strong. So I've listened, but a lot of stuff, when I get them, I, my brain kicks in and is like, so when I trust myself, who am I trusting? Right. Am I trusting the voice that talks to me night and day that tells me all sorts of things? Or am I trusting this sort of elusive, quiet, vague, subtle, not very verbal space yeah. that feels really connected, but kind of might go against cultural norms, friends and family, right? Mm-hmm. And and sometimes you grow up very spiritual and, you know, in ashrams, but it turns out that like your soul is here to like, go be a brilliant entrepreneur and, and not be doing that. So it's like, there's really 
um, no right childhood for a particular soul. Mm -hmm. And sometimes there's trauma and sometimes there's difficulties. So yeah, any psychological stuff, wherever it comes from, like, you know, I think straight up getting a coach, getting some help, getting that cleared. Yeah. You know, yeah. Energy work. What (laughs) What is a, what is one direct way though? Because you talk about like tuning into your own self, trusting yourself, trusting these like subtle movements. How do you, how do you begin to, so, so somebody listening to this who has no clue how to do that, mm-hmm. how do you start? How do you start really trusting yourself yeah. and your own inner like intuition or guidance, whatever you want to call it? Yeah. I, I mean, I developed this like 15 years ago in my coaching practice around the authenticity stuff because. I needed it. And then I started coaching people and I just taught them, but, um, I have this really simple system of, of that I call red, yellow, green. And it's like, mm-hmm. if you're somebody who's really learned to, when you're in the process of making a decision or thinking about your life, you tune into the thoughts, right. But you don't tune into the physical. You don't, don't know how to understand the nonverbal body language, because there's all this intelligence under the neck. <laughs> there's a mm-hmm. lot going on above, which is fantastic. I'm not anti-brain, but it's there's an incredible amount below the neck, which I did not know really existed to this extreme. So to get you back into that, um, think about something that you love to do or a person you love, an animal you love, anything that feels uplifting and an absolute yes. Absolute yes, right? And it can be anything, and everybody's got something, somebody they deeply love, some activity that they're like, Yep, I just like doing that. And it doesn't matter. Don't judge it. If you're like, I really love watching Netflix, great. Don't worry about it. This is not a trick question. Um, so think about that. Okay. And when you think about it, connect into where you feel it physically, right? So spend some minute or two connect to what it is. Um, you know, if I think about my son, as soon as I do, I feel a little smile. I feel my chest start to uplift. I feel like my back raises up. Like there's all this physical sensation that goes around, uh, with the expression of something that's truthful and loving for me. And notice your mind gets quiet, quiet. And so practice that for a period of time. And what's really cool, Kevin, is like (laughs) when you're in a true knowing, you don't care what anybody thinks, right? Like I know, for example, you love being a dad, right? I love it. Love it. You love it? I love it. And it's a full body yes. It's like, hell yeah. Yeah, right? You feel at your point for people who can't see him, he's touching his chest, right? You're like smiling and you're moving in your chair. Suddenly you look like you just woke up like, oh, this is so good, right? And if I said to you for the next 10 minutes, which I won't do if <laughs> not to scare people who are listening, but if I was like, Kevin, you hate being a dad. It's like, it's not what my body says. Right. And your mind isn't like, which like you get quiet still. And if I'm like, you hate it, you hate it, you hate it. Kevin, you hate being a dad. Kevin, 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 you hate being a dad. You don't feel a need to defend this. Correct. Mm-mm. No, yeah. I just know it. You just know it. And yeah. There's no sense of like, um, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. And so when we're in our truth, it's quiet. 
It's just, it's like a, it's like a fact. It's just, it's just, and over time, if I kept doing that, I would annoy you a lot. Right. And eventually you'd want to get off the phone, but you wouldn't change your mind. Right. Right. And so the same is true with things we hate. So then I, so I label that experience green and then things we dislike equally. Like I can't freaking stand the idea of sitting in a field at sunrise or sunset with a ton of mosquitoes. It just makes me want to die inside. It's like, no, you know, I get bitten and I did like that. Um, and so again, like notice where you feel it in your body, connect to that, label that red and spend a few weeks going around your house about everything. How do I feel about sitting this long? What, how do I feel about um, eating this food today? Are you doing it because you should? You feel like it's the right thing? Or is it truly a yes? And it doesn't mean you have to only follow the yeses and nos. It just means um, this is a way to connect back into yourself. And then everything in between. So you've got red and, and green, and then you have you can fill it in, you know, burnt orange, uh, yellow, like everything, everything else. And the last thing I'll say, Kevin, is that every person who I've worked with says, well, okay, that's cute, Laura, except that's not life. We have to do things we don't want to do. Like, that's not just how it works. And I'm not asking you to say, I'm only going to do things that make me happy all the time because we have to pay the bills. We have to go to the dry cleaner. I don't want to do those things. I just am not going to lie to myself. Right. That's the key. That's I mean, the it really key. is. Yeah. yeah. So I'll say, oh, fucking hate doing this, <laughs> but... I still want to get my clothes clean. So I'm going to go, go across the city and, and go to the green dry cleaner. Like I don't really want to, but, but I kind of want to in, in the broadest sense, but sometimes I really don't want to do something. And the whole time I'm like, I'm clear. I don't want to. So if I'm clear, I don't want to, then I can practice how to um, relax into it, take care of myself more instead of telling myself, oh, I should like it. And what's wrong with me that yeah. I don't like it. And right. Get back into the mind. And so you practice that and then you level up harder and harder and harder things until you get really freaking good at this. And, and that's kind of how I start the process to, to feel that in your body. That sounds like a life at ease. And, uh, like I learned, I actually learned this technique from you and mm -hmm. put it into practice. And I found that, man, it, it's just such a, a much clearer way to make decisions after you've really practiced it, practiced it and gotten used to it and built up those muscles because like you, our desires, uh, our bodies are this kind of a truth machine, you know, telling us really where we're magnetized toward, like what is our true North and not fighting with that, but working with it. So yeah, beautiful way to live. And once you get good at it, I mean, your true north becomes just second nature to you. Um, you just right. know how to gravitate toward it. So, yeah. Yeah, and this then you start beautiful. to recognize the the hierarchy of life, right? Like, so, so I use that ecosystem within to be the decision maker. And then I mm -hmm. use my brain. I employ my brain to get it done. So if this is true exactly. for me, brain, how do I do it, right? And, and then it goes deals with the logistics of life, right? And it's such an easier way to live than the brain trying to tell you what is true. It never will, Kevin. Has it ever told you the truth? It, it argues with itself. It has 50 different points. When I do what my brain tells me to do, then it tells me why I made the wrong decision. Right. I'm like, that's just cruel. <laughs> and it was what it told you what to do to begin with. Yeah. 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 Yeah, the 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 mind is uh, the greatest gaslighter of all. Oh, you know, so mean. It's so mean. so mean. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, we covered a lot, a lot of ground in a short amount of time. Any parting words, any last tools or insights you want to leave? I mean, just that um, regardless of where you are in this process, you know, consider the idea of soul plan lightly, if you're not that interested and sort of think about the intuitive sense of life. But regardless of, of that, like I said, the idea behind it, why, right? Why? Because when I consult my brain, when I'm not connected to what's true, when I don't feel I'm aligned with deepest sense of purpose, right? And and so if we go all the way out to say the infinite self and its purpose and why it's here, back to the singular self of Laura, or you just want to think about it in much plainer language, that's fine. When I do that though, when I live from that space, I feel a fulfillment, right? Mm. I feel the consistent connection to joy, to um peace to more mm-hmm. happiness, not the up and down, not the in and out, not the pleasure seeking, right? Not the reward yeah. seeking, but the true deepest sense of it. And, and that's what I believe we all want. So it's not just to do it for like another mindfulness thing or like, oh, my soul should do this. And I want to get it right in this lifetime, because that's what people ask me, like, am I in the right path? Am I getting it right? And it's not about getting it right. It's about when I'm doing this, I'm most alive. My soul wants it. And Laura feels best when she's aligned with her truest self, because that's what's within me. So that's, that's why I do it. Beautiful. And uh, wisdom to take every single day, you know, trust yourself, know that you are um, as tried as it sounds exactly where you need to be to learn the things that you need to learn so that you can be who you already are and are becoming at the same time. So um, that's like four tattoos that you just threw out there. Boom, boom, boom. And if anybody gets those tattoos, email us. (laughs) So this has been fantastic. I can't wait until uh, our next conversation. We're we're actually going to dive in even more into soul life and um, you know, how to, how to find and live and be your purpose. So um, it's been fantastic. Stay tuned for more. Stay tuned for more. Do you need to get clarity on what your higher purpose is so that you can begin fearlessly living the more authentic life you know is possible? Well, so I invite you to join me for the Finding Your Purpose Virtual Accelerator. It's a 90 minute workshop that will help you quickly gain clarity on who you are and why you're here so you can experience deeper peace, joy, and freedom in your life. Simply join me at findmypurpose.net and register for this virtual workshop. That's findmypurpose.net. I hope to see you there.